Welcome to the newest edition of the Screenfellows Podcast. My name is Carlos. And my name is Ozzy. In this episode, we'll be reviewing Bohemian Rhapsody, as well as maybe talking about a film festival. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Ozzy, how you doing? Um, you know, I'm not quite feeling like myself today. <laughs> I'm feeling a lot more like like Brianna today. Like yeah, to be honest yeah. with you. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna break it here because I can't maintain it the whole episode. Um, Brianna, it's good to have you back on the podcast. It's been a while. Yeah, it's nice to be back <laughs> yeah. under better pretenses than the last time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, and of course, Ozzy, as we as discussed on the last episode, which actually wasn't that long ago because I took forever to edit it, my bet on that. Um, Ozzy is not here for this episode, but he will hopefully be back on the next episode and then off again on the next one. It's a little bit of a mess, but we'll keep you up to date as we go along. But joining us, as well as Brianna, we have Noah. Noah, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Noah How's actually... How's the couch treating you? It's pretty nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There we go. Sorry, my dude. It's a little different no, it's perspective. It's <laughs> different perspective. Seniority rules. Seniority. Yeah. yeah. No. I mean, hey, in the time that you were gone, you have like several new members on on the podcast. That's so true. Yeah, that's true. Welcome, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um, Noah is the one who was able to make it out to a film festival this weekend, so he'll be talking a little bit about that after Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. But we're gonna start. With Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Brianna, you basically had dibs on this movie um, for a couple months at least, I would say. At least. <laughs> it was, I, I think, no, because we brought it up, we brought up the trailer on one of the episodes that you filled in for Ozzy in the summer. And then probably around then was when you're like, I have to be on for this episode. <laughs> so it's been a while. Yeah. Well, even if it, even if it wasn't spoken, it was. It's been unspoken for as long as this movie's been in production. Okay, I mean, I'm sorry, but <laughs> I, I, Queen, there. You know, Freddie has been one of my personal heroes for a long time now, and I've I listen to his music. I listen to their music every day, mm -hmm. and I've been invested in the production of this film for as long as for as long as it's been around. I mean, I remember when Sasha Baron Cohen was attached, mm -hmm. <laughs> which was a I'm glad they made that switch. Um, <laughs> Seems like a tumultuous uh, production to be attached to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With Brian Singer being at the head of it and all that yeah. mess, <laughs> but <laughs> it's um, it it's it's finally here, so we get to talk about it. And I, I've got to out myself right off the bat here. Okay, guys, I am not a music person, just in general. Mm -hmm. Period. Okay. okay. Now, when I tell you to what level that extends, you're gonna probably be upset with me. A lot of people will. Before this movie trailer came out, if you would have asked me who the lead singer of Queen was, I would not have been able to tell you. I've heard of Freddie Mercury. I have heard of Queen. I would not have been able to tell you that they were connected in any way whatsoever. And also, the longer this movie went on, the more I learned that, oh, that's a Queen song. Okay. I, 
I am I'm not, not, I'm not breathe, yelling. Brianna, breathe. I'm not a music person, okay? I'm not yelling. But in a way, that gives me a very unique perspective on this movie because I have zero attachment to these people whatsoever. That's true. Before the movie even started. So this movie had to do an actual job of winning me over. We'll get to that. That's true. We, we have, <laughs> we're coming from completely opposite ends exactly. of the spectrum. Exactly. So perspective. That's what we, have. That's what we bring here. Um, Noah was not able to see this movie, but don't worry. He's going to make it up for make up for so it. So he's offering a completely different perspective. <laughs> a non-perspective. Zero. You have to sell me on whether or not to see it. Yeah. There we go. I'm um, guessing and, don't see And then it. Matt, were you able to see it this week? Uh, yeah, I saw it yesterday. Awesome. Awesome. So... Here we go. We get to talk about this movie. All right. Uh, much to Brianna's chagrin, we are going to start, as usual, with positives. Brianna, what did you think about this movie overall? And give me some positives. Well, let me tell you what I didn't like. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, um, no. Over, overall, um, I was actually a little disappointed. Um, don't get me wrong. I still had a great time. And I was still moved. A lot and I was still you know overwhelmed by certain performances but I think I had some I had some astronomical expectations going in so um, I was a little disappointed but mm -hmm. that's just because you know it's hard when you know that somebody's making a movie about your hero mm -hmm. it's gonna be very hard to please expectations are a dangerous thing yeah <laughs> so um, what was your impression I, it was okay I, I I think it's got a lot of great aspects to it, especially perform on the performance side of things. A lot of the filmmaking is great. But uh, there was just something missing in terms of my... Uh, and also, again, it's not necessarily fair because like, I have no attachment to these people whatsoever. <laughs> so I just like... I feel like, for me, it was a little bit of inside baseball where I'm just like... I feel like I should understand or care about care more about what's happening. Like there would be moments that I feel like, okay, this is supposed to be significant, but it's not for me. So there's like a disconnect there. Um, so I don't know. I was just on a, I was in a weird place with this movie because it was so, it felt like, again, the best way I can explain it is inside baseball where it's like, I don't quite know what you're referencing here or what you're going for here. There is one moment that I absolutely love and we'll talk about that. Uh, and you know what? Let's just talk about it right now. The we're <laughs> screw it. We're gonna get into positives. Let's do it. Uh, performances. I mean, we can talk about Rami Malek. I'm sure I'll leave that. Well, I'll leave the majority of that to you. But I want to talk about a very minor performance and a very minor casting choice that I absolutely loved. And it's Mike Myers. Uh, oh yeah, my god. Okay. Fun that. fact: <laughs> that guy doesn't exist. <laughs> I, the, He's not a real person. Okay, <laughs> I don't care. I mean, Mike Myers is a real person. Well, That's yes, why Mike, Mike Myers was perfect for no, him. Yeah, right. Mike Myers. Because it was like having Shrek behind a desk. Yeah, oh, I'll give you that. <laughs> Mike Myers was cast for one line and one line only in this movie. Six the bloody minutes. No. Well, that's that's a good line, <laughs> but no. He says, when, when they first, okay, again, based on true events, but this part's not apparently, so I guess it's kind of a spoiler, but whatever. It's a very minor moment. Uh, they're showing him, he's a studio header, essentially, and they're showing him a, uh, basically, Bohemian Rhapsody, the song for the first time. And he goes, we can't release this as a single because they're arguing about whether it should be the single or not. This isn't a song that teenagers can sit in a car and bang their heads to. <laughs> I died. That's that good. That, That's good. As soon as he said that, I was like, this is amazing. And that was like my reversed like inside baseball situation where it's like if you don't understand that reference in the script then 
you're not going to laugh at all, but I was just dying laughing. Um, if you ha don't understand that reference, please, for the love of God, watch Wayne's World. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> that was, it was amazing. And it had me, that was like my favorite moment in the movie. So, you know what, whatever. Uh, yeah. You want to talk uh, performances though, Brianna? Because I know you have a much more serious positive. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I wanted to end on this note just okay. because I, I have an immense I mean, respect I'm sorry. for... Yeah, <laughs> excuse you for wanting to stick to the format that you created. <laughs> um, I just have an immense respect for Rami Malek's dedication to recreating Freddie's mannerisms and his attitude and his confidence because that's something that I really respect about him. Mm -hmm. And obviously... Any kind of portrayal of Freddie Mercury was going to require a lot of tact and a lot of commitment. And I feel like Rami definitely brought that to the table. And I got to give him props for being so compelling, especially with the mouthpiece, <laughs> because his mouth, his poor mouth just isn't big enough to accommodate the four extra teeth. Yeah. Um, or, you know, however many extra teeth were in that mouthpiece. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a lot of, I mean, every like little mouth movement, every glance, I mean, I know that he worked with a choreographer to make sure that everything was spot on. And if you watch, you know, Queen's Live Aid, you see just how, just how precise, you know, his recreation was. And it comes off as very respectful um, mm -hmm. and, you know, very meticulous and, um, I also have to, you know, acknowledge the sound um, because obviously that's going to be one of the most important elements of this movie because <laughs> his voice is one of the most iconic in all of pop music. And in Ooh. my opinion, I, he's got I, he's my favorite vocalist of all time. So um, that was going to be really important to me. Obviously, you know, when you compare a movie like this to a movie like the live action Beauty of the Beast, Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> where you have Emma Watson and they just they didn't consider yes. at all the kind of musical element that was going into it. They just wanted a big name attached. Mm -hmm. As opposed to here, where you have a mix of, you know, remastered Freddie vocals, vo vocal tracks with Mark Martell's uh, vocals with Rami Malik's vocals. You know, you, the, all three of them are bleeding together whenever you hear Freddie singing in this movie and I have some complaints about the integration into, you know, the regular audio, but as far as recreating the sound is concerned, it is just, it's impeccable. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was a huge concern of mine. Cause I was like, how are you going to recreate that? Mm -hmm. There's no way to recreate that. And, you know, I've heard, I've, I've enjoyed Mark Martell's work for a while now. And I don't think that he has quite the Freddie you know, gravitas. I don't think he has quite the control. Um, but I, the fact that all three voices came together so perfectly is, I was so relieved and, you know, I was enchanted by the recreation of the sound. And so altogether, um, the dynamic choices were difficult and I can get to that later, but, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, there was a pristine kind of hearkening back that I really really appreciated because just the whole aesthetic of Queen and Freddie's aesthetic is very important to me. Mm -hmm. And so I was really glad to see it portrayed, you know, so impeccably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what do you got? Uh, I think overall, like I don't, um, I'm not obviously as big of a Queen fan as we have in the room. <laughs> um, but I do really like Queen. I like their like their sound. I've listened to a lot of their songs over the years. Um, 
but I thought this uh, this film really uh, captured the uh, the storytelling elements of how all of this came together and how the um, how the songs were written. And I think there's the way that they structured it with the different stories they were telling throughout the film. I think worked really well. Whether technically it was good or not, um, I don't have as much expertise in that area. But um, I. I did at one point when they when they do get to that that scene with the at the Live Aid concert. Again, it's something that happens, so I don't care if you haven't seen it. Um, Queen did Live Aid. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah, we um, went over this one. So. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but like when I when they did get to that moment, I think they they did a great job of just kind of culminating each um, just kind of like the the high point of you know obviously the climax of the movie of getting to that one point that they started with. And um, like you were saying, I really I really did appreciate because I've seen a lot of Queen footage on online and stuff like that. I thought that they did a really good job and Rami did a really good job of studying the way that Freddie moved and everything. The voice quality might not be there, but they, I thought they did really well with mixing. Um, and I appreciated the, uh, the audio sounds that they were able to capture, especially like music-wise, because I love music. Um, but... I thought overall, I thought over, overall it was pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I one thing you mentioned was their creativity and stuff like that, and how they made all the songs and stuff. That that was actually those are some of my favorite sequences in the movie. Is when they're actually like doing the musical stuff, being artists and being creative. That I think all of that was really well written, and it was just entertaining to watch. And those are generally like as much as I'm not a music person, some of my favorite movies of all time are movies about music. Mm. And honestly, a lot of the better movies of all time are movies about music. For some reason, they really work. And those are always my favorite sequences, and this movie is no exception to that. I, I think they do a great job of just, like when they're making Bohemian Rhapsody, it's hilarious, it's entertaining, it's just, it's so much fun to watch. And um, that was one of my favorite sequences in the movie. Um, and then, yeah, we've already talked about Rami Malek. He's incredible. I think they did really a great job casting throughout. I don't think there's a really a bad performance in here. Maybe, I, I don't know. I can't pick pick one or pick one off the top of my head in terms of it being bad. Um, Lucy Boynton is someone I want to bring up because uh, she, and she plays uh, what's Mary her name? Austin. Mary Austin. Yes, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Austin and Lucy Boynton is someone who, if you if you have listened to this podcast for any stretch of time, then you will know especially one movie that she's in, and that is Sing Street. Um, and I love her as an actress. I think she's really good in this movie as well. And, yeah, who, she's the other person I wanted to bring up. Um, yeah, there's just solid performances throughout. I don't, I don't know. Do you have anything else positive that you want to get to? Um, I felt like they, they made made out Freddie to be a really complicated individual, which I appreciated. They didn't mm -hmm. they didn't pigeonhole him as, you know, the closeted homosexual or the starving artist or the you know, the the child the immigrant child who is trying to break away from the 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 background. They didn't take one particular angle. And it felt at the beginning like they were struggling to find which kind of quote unquote misfit angle they wanted to take with him. But at the end it kind of all culminated and felt like he was just a complicated individual who was struggling existentially. Mm -hmm. And um, I have a lot of complaints about how much, about the way the film was made. But um, eventually 
I feel like they made him out to be a complicated individual mm-hmm. and they it the, his portrayal really resonated with me on an emotional level and mm-hmm. I, I mean I know you can say that's easy to do because you know you love Freddie Mercury yeah but like it's one thing for at, at the beginning I didn't really you know I thought that they were gonna go with like a textbook this angle you know mm-hmm. he's he's you know the the child of you know, immigrants who came to this place and they're upset with him because he's rejecting their conservative background or, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, he's a homosexual and he's rejected by society for, I thought that they were like stumbling, uh, you know, they, they were stumbling in their footing as far as like how to make him out. And at the end, it all kind of came together as, you know, it felt like they all felt like symptoms of an underlying issue. And I appreciated that they made him out to be so complicated. Mm-hmm. And that really resonated with me. So I appreciated the, um, complicate, the complicate, the complicated nature, excuse me. I'm running on very little sleep. <laughs> the complicated nature that they gave him, mm-hmm. um, felt very emotionally compelling, which is a lot to say because I do actually have a lot of complaints about, Many other things, as far as okay. the story is concerned. Okay. Um, one thing, one other thing that Matt brought up that I do want to touch on is uh, you brought up the Live Aid concert and they kind of mm. use that as like a bookend type thing. And I actually thought that was a great decision. I think structurally that really worked. Um, to open with that, that being such a, uh, I mean, from what I gather from this movie, such a big moment, and then to finish with that and it to be as impressive as it was, I, I think it just really worked in terms of how this movie is structured and laid out and how it all came together. So It's considered by many to be the greatest rock concert of all time. All right. Yeah. Good to know. So I mean, <laughs> I, I, I can't weigh in on that, but yeah. I, it's an iconic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there, was, there was one shot from that that I – the one uh, tracking shot that I thought was really, really smooth and probably my favorite uh, shot of the whole movie is when they have – the um the long zoom in and track from underneath the piano with Freddie's feet mm-hmm. and then it goes up to Brian May's his name the mm-hmm. guitarist May. and it uh it just ran together so smoothly and I was like wow like they really cap they were able to capture everything that happened on that stage mm-hmm. all right uh do you guys want to move on to negatives are you comfortable with that brand <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah I, all, right. I, all right just just to clarify, I asked if we could start with negatives because I wanted to get them out of the way. I'm dropping you down to like half volume. Oh, right. If you want to get loud. <laughs> I wanted to make it clear that I appreciated a lot about this film and I wanted yeah. to end on that note because I think it's made, I think it's, I just wanted to make that clear. All right, fair That's enough. why I'm getting pro- so much crap from these pro- guys. Your protest is uh, on the record. All right. I also like some of the cinematography. All right, there I we go. Say that because Ozzy's my <laughs> Yeah, somebody's got to say it, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, something you touched on in your positives that I just, I want to take a little bit different of a perspective on here. Uh I like complicated characters in movies. I like characters that have tons of different angles to them, and it's hard to fully pin down. But for me, from an outside perspective, he felt like such an unattainable person in this movie. I just had no attachment to him whatsoever. This is not on Rami Malek's performance. I think he gives a great performance. I think it's how the character is written in this movie that I just... And maybe maybe that's how it's supposed to be. And again, I don't know... I, I know nothing about the man, so I can't... I can't fully speak to it, but I'm just saying from my perspective, I just hadn't, this movie didn't do a good enough job of getting me to care about Freddie Mercury, the human being. 
to the point where, again, spoilers, quote unquote, when he gets AIDS, and <laughs> when he okay, gets, is that really a spoiler uh, alert? Look, I, no. you know, okay, I'm just, I'm it, just being polite, okay. I'm just being polite, okay. It happened. No, that's I what I'm know. saying. I know. That's how he that's died. How he that's why I said, quote unquote, okay. <laughs> that, why are we getting hang up, hung up on this? Okay, so when, again, when he gets spoilers, it, or spoilers, when he, jeez, <laughs> we're all over the place. <laughs> spoilers. spoilers. When he gets, it's gonna be a new disease that actors <laughs> oh, yeah. die from. Oh, yeah, it's, it's deadly. Yeah. It's deadly. Oh, when no. he gets, no. When he gets AIDS, it's just like I didn't feel like what I. What you're saying is you didn't care when Freddie no, Mercury got no, AIDS. No, I, I felt. <laughs> oh, man. I felt it to an extent because obviously, like human emotion, right? But I didn't like it. Wasn't high impact. Okay, the movie that I want to compare it to is a movie that came out in 2016. Like you probably saw me pull it up on my computer. Straight Outta Compton. When Easy E gets AIDS at the end of that movie, it is impactful. You feel it, and that is. Strange considering Easy E is not a likable person in that movie. He's a very unlikable person in that movie, but he is the quote unquote villain. But it's still, I still felt that it was, there was some an impact there. And I just didn't get that here. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I just wasn't able to get attached to him as a character. I, I, and that to me was this thing that was missing from this movie is like I'm watching this but it felt like I was just kind of like floating above it and just kind of observing observing it wasn't like I wasn't in it I didn't feel attached I wasn't in, enthralled that's that's my biggest negative and that's why to me it's just okay that's what I got there's not a lot of heart in it yeah that's what you're saying yeah I just wanted to say I rescind my negative time for Brianna. <laughs> because I feel like you need it. Thank you. You're welcome. Brianna, <laughs> you can feel free to counter or you can feel free to um, just tell me your negatives. I don't know. What no, do I think it's a fair criticism because I, I, like I said at the beginning, they were trying to take so many different angles that mm -hmm. it was hard to latch onto one of them. Mm -hmm. And they were all so kind of ham-fisted that... I, I mean, some of them, like the homosexuality, that took a while to develop. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, yes, it, it was did. it was obvious, <laughs> but it it took a while for it to come to the forefront. Mm -hmm. So fair enough. But as far as the the other emotional complications were concerned, they were kind of ham fisted. So um, I think it it makes sense. You can kind of give. Uh, I mean, I feel bad criticizing that because he was a real person. Yeah. And if that was something that he struggled with, you know, that then, you know, put it in the movie mm -hmm. by all means. It, it happened. But um, that kind of bleeds into my biggest criticism, mm -hmm. which is that I was expecting my, my expectations were too high. I was expecting Freddie Mercury innovation and creativity from a movie that was made about him, mm -hmm. not by somebody like him <laughs> in a sense that, um, you know, I was hoping that it would be like experimental and it would be kind of transcendent because he's so creative and he's so innovative. I kind of was hoping it would have the same kind of reverence for the creative spirit and they would take risks. But what I got was, uh, you know, a pretty standard Hollywood factory mold biopic in that in every scene, two or three important things are happening all at the same time. And, you know, it feels very cookie cutter and it feels very, play, you know, paint, paint by numbers. And, you know, because you have in the 
in the first scene, you know, he he walks down and immediately, well, not the first scene, the, in, it, not the one that's, uh, you know, over the, mm-hmm. the opening credits, but, yeah. um, you know, right after that, it's immediately like, all right, let's get into the whole, you know, immigrant child rejecting mm-hmm. his background conflict. And mm-hmm. then, you know, there are scenes where it'll be an important emotional dynamic and then they'll get a phone call where they're on tour or, you know, they're, they're presenting their demo to a big, you know, producer and it's all happening at the same time. And I had a big problem with the fact that they, they really changed the timeline. They drastically changed. They drastically, this movie. Okay. I have to give the caveat that members of queen were intimately involved in the production of this film. Mm -hmm. So if they felt they knew, I would say they knew him nearly as well as Mary Austin did. They were clearly best friends, mm-hmm. and, but um, they they knew they knew him better than I would say most anybody else. And so, their you know that with their input, I feel like there's only so much I can say as somebody who wanted to see the real story portrayed on film. But mm-hmm. as a viewer. I did want to see the real story portrayed on film and they drastically changed a lot of things. I mean, he didn't come out. Um, he did not know that he was, that he had AIDS until 1987, which was two years after live aid. Oh really? Yeah. So <clears throat> there was no big, like before live aid, I'm going to go on and I'm going to hmm. spoiler alert. There's no, there was no big, like I have AIDS, but I'm going to do this anyway. He didn't find out that he had AIDS until two years after that. There was no big breakup because of his, you know, decision to go solo they were all kind of burned out at that point and so there was no big you know it, it the details of the story were being molded mm-hmm. to the biopic you know oh well they need to have a reason to break up and then they need to have a reason to get back together and it's because freddie has aids and it's like no mm. none of that actually took place like that <laughs> that's that's really interesting because like those mo- those moments worked for me in the movie and that's that's the funny part about all of this. They is trapped like, you. No, but that's the funny part <laughs> about it. And that's why, like, it's always hard when it comes to biopics and, like, historical movies where it's like, yeah, you want to keep it accurate, but you also have to make a movie. But so, do you have to make the movie? Because that's the movie. You have this story of... To you. No, <laughs> no. I mean, if you, you know, you can chart the rise and fall of the of the character study mm-hmm. where, you know, you have the big argument and then he goes off and he does his own thing and it doesn't work out for him and then mm-hmm. he comes back and he makes some big heartfelt reunion and then they do the, you know, they do the thing successfully and everybody's happy at the end. And you can, you can chart that in film after film after film and... I was hoping for something more substantial than that because that's not what happened. And I know that I can't really complain, but I was hoping for something more because they, okay. they molded the story to, you know, the, the format, the formula. Yeah. And mm. I was like, right, but... It's, but if the formula works... <laughs> it, do, it, do, it doesn't work for me, I okay. guess, because like I said, my, my expectations were higher. He, yeah. he, he's my personal... Hero, I, I love his confidence, and yeah. I love all. I love his music, and I love his intelligence, and mm-hmm. so for, for that story to be molded to the biopic, or you know, formula, I was like, all right, all yeah. Right, then. Th- this is where our different perspectives come really come to a head. Yeah, yeah. Um, Matt, what what's your take on the whole issue? Um, I had known a couple of those things. Um, like that was, um, I knew kind of like about the. Uh, the AIDS thing, um, of him, you know, not knowing 
because um, I don't know. I feel I feel like uh, I agree. Like I definitely agree with what Brianna said. Like I I feel like um, a lot of these movies now that they make they stretch a lot of things. Um, but I I don't think I've ever seen something like that where they just completely uh, like basically hit shuffle as if his time if his if his life and his high. Like, you have a bolded list of things that happened in his life, like a Spotify playlist, and you hit shuffle <laughs> on, like, the last five of them uh, and just, you know, let them fall where they where they fit. Um, I don't know. I didn't mind. Um, I didn't mind the dynamic of uh, his family and, like, him going against that and stuff like that because I think it um, they didn't rely on it. Uh, to drive the movie, and I think it was, like, okay, sprinkled in. Um, and I, li- I like the fact that they didn't cheese it up with different uh, points of that when, like, his his dad finally, like, gives him a hug or whatever before the concert. Um, I like that they didn't, they didn't, like, rely on those points to completely be, like, mm-hmm. aw, moment. Um, however, <clears throat> however in, in your defense, I don't think... Uh, people would have been happy and like, don't get me wrong. I, not every movie has to have an ap- happy ending, but the fact of the matter is the real events don't have a happy ending. Freddie oh. Mercury died at AIDS. I'm not saying that they should have ended with his funeral. No, I know that. I, but... That's not what I'm saying okay. at all. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that the, like the, the course of events was mm-hmm. molded and changed drastically to fit, um, to fit the biopic formula and I didn't no. I didn't appreciate that. No, I know and I agree with you, but um I I just I'm even more so I don't like it when when things like that happen and like I can't name a movie off the top of my head, but I know there have been cuz I've seen a number of sports movies where those same things happen where like you know, like di- this guy didn't this guy didn't accomplish this feat or do this great thing while knowing that like he had this big uh, obstacle to overcome. He didn't even, he didn't even face that. Like at mm-hmm. that time, you know what I mean. I can't point to a specific example right now. I but think a lot of people complain about Rudy in that aspect. Yeah, Rudy was offsides. You can't change my mind. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was good overall. I didn't mind um, some of the things, mm-hmm. but uh, obviously, bigger, bigger, bigger uh, fans here will prevail. <laughs> yeah, it's just I, I just feel like that even with some of the story beats that happen and but I okay. I I agree with you to an extent about like obviously you don't want to change too much and all of that and but I think for me some of the I guess the basic things work but I've always been a person of the of the mindset of I don't care if it's by the numbers, I don't care if it's formulaic, if it's executed well then i'm fine with it this isn't like this this movie doesn't execute them amazing they're fine but i I don't think though hit them wanting to hit those beats is necessarily the problem i think that there's more issues in terms of what i was talking about earlier and then also just i with them wanting to show so many different sides of him like you were talking about before they also like they kept like skipping around and again this leads in leans into the problem i was talking about before where i'm just like i don't feel like I, i'm not like there's no through line here like again when you were talking about matt his his dad and stuff like that and that storyline yeah. at the end like we touch on it kind of in the beginning 
and then we just have that moment in the end and it's just like okay like that's cool but i just didn't it was yeah. in high impact oh, absolutely yeah, no. yeah and then you i just there were moments throughout with this like the 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 guy who ends up being like his main love interest or whatever like that's just like they kind of hint that it's okay. happening and did then it's just like boom did he or did he not in, look like Pablo Escobar uh, yes <laughs> in all fa- in all fairness that was something that they were doing to maintain um commitment to reality because Jim Hutton didn't come into his life until later in later in mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know no, but I, what i'm saying was there was no build up to that like and we don't even like see the start like we kind of see the start of it but we don't because he rejects it at first and then it's like all of a sudden it's just like they're deep into this and it's just like what is going on uh, for me again for me for somebody who doesn't i don't know who this guy is uh what's his name Hutton Jim said? Hutton Jim Hutton uh, so i have no idea if this is actually going to mean something down the line when that first encounter happens i have no idea if that's actually going to anything's going to come of that and then that's why it was so jarring for me to see oh this has been happening for a while now oh okay like it was just like what is going on this i don't know there there's moments like that throughout the movie where they just kind of like they want it i feel like Maybe it's because Freddie Mercury was such a complicated person that they just st- struggled so much to figure out how to portray all that without like, making him what you like, are afraid of. To like find an anchor point instead exactly. of like touching the surface area of everything. Yeah, yeah. and they they want to touch everything and then exactly what you just said happened yeah. where they're like, we can't, they we couldn't gotta, go, we gotta go deep We gotta find something now. Yeah. They couldn't go deep into him because they wanted to, to cover everything Which and it just becomes surface level. strange because, I mean, they've got two hours and 15 minutes. Exactly, got plenty of time yeah. and you know so i i see what you're saying yeah that, that's just why for me i just again we can wrap this up we can kind of close it out now but for me it's just okay i i there's i think the movie is very well made it's got great performances but there's something at its core that's just missing that especially for me as someone who knows nothing about this person or this man just i wasn't able to connect i wasn't able to get all the way there and that's unfortunate, but that's where we are. <laughs> and no, it's a fair assessment. Um, I, I mean, unless you guys have anything else you want to talk about before we rate it. The only thing I, the only other thing I had to say was about the vocal integration. The oh, dynamics right. didn't always match. Like the sound was impeccable, but mm-hmm. the vo- the the dynamics didn't always match the room that he was in. You know, he yeah, would yeah, yeah. he would sit down at a piano in a big echoey room mm-hmm. and you would hear him as if he was yeah. sitting right <laughs> yeah. in, you know, no a soundproof studio. All. So <laughs> I was like, it sounds exactly like him, but you can definitely tell that they recorded this somewhere else. And so yeah. I, I, it's yeah. very, very... So um, that was my... That was mm-hmm. really my only complaint. Matt, this is when we need... We need to record Professor Gershner. Oh, yeah. We need to... Because good, good audio, not not good audio. <laughs> <laughs> not, guys, the reverb. <laughs> Shout out Gershner. Um, he definitely does not listen. <laughs> All right, uh, let's rate this movie and move on. I am gonna give this movie a six out of ten. I think it's again okay. Um, Slightly disappointed because the trailers were amazing, by the way. I, I was oh, yeah. all in on these trailers, even though I was like, oh, Freddie Mercury, he's a queen. Okay, cool. Um, trailers are still amazing. He's uh, with queen. 
Jesus, <laughs> I don't know. Um, whatever. <laughs> Brianna, what do you got? I'm not rating this movie. <laughs> she she protests the no, rating. No, 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 no. I, I, I don't think it's fair, fair for me to rate this movie okay. because I'm okay. so I'm too emotionally involved. I knew I was going to have a great time if, if Freddie Mercury was yeah. done any justice. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as an individual who cares about him as a person, I, lo- I loved it. Okay. But I don't think it's fair for yeah, me yeah. to I got rate it. That's a good claiming That's a bias. Good fair enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> At least you're honest about it. Yeah. yeah. Matt, what do you got? Uh, I'll give it a six point eight. All right. I'll I'll agree with you on that. Not things that could have been done better. Things that were lazy, like Brianna said, that could have been just improved and uh, mm-hmm. not made to be uh, just things that that could have been that are picked on easily. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, but I thought the overall dedication to. Um, like the study and the performances, I think with the overall dedication, I, that's why I give it a little bit higher than you mm-hmm. did. Yeah. Another I, fun fact: it's in the top two hundred and fifty on IMDb right now. Um. Well, that's why IMDb scores are terrible. <laughs> um, it's like number one sixty-one. Yeah. It's pretty deep in. How many, how many Nolan? How many Nolan movies are on that list? Um. Way too many. I'll say that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's harsh. <laughs> Nolan is a genius. <laughs> <laughs> but you can also you can also Am tell I laughs right no now? you can also tell the demographic no. that no. votes on that. Who's but anyway. gonna, who wants to challenge me on okay. that assertion? <laughs> I was but not expecting to have so many fights on this, this without Oz. <laughs> can we do this? I just like to argue, but I also have really strong opinions. Hey, she hey, also needs a full night of sleep, folks. I think Christopher <laughs> Nolan is overrated. Yeah, but I can't say this is gonna get a whole lot better with sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. <ya. laughs> I just uh, like to argue. Are we like? I feel like every year we get like a great either musical or movie based on music. I'm still waiting on it from this year, unless I'm forgetting something. Like, I wanted A Star is Born to be great, and it was just good, and I wanted this movie to be great, and it was just okay. Where, where's where's our great, like, musical thing? got the trailer for Rocket Man. <laughs> yeah, That's sure. not coming out to next year, so. <laughs> like, uh, I, I don't know. I'm still waiting. Still waiting. Come on. Come on, Hollywood. Get it done. We know you want to read that book before the movie comes out, but the truth is, you're way too lazy to. Why not listen to it on your commute and have absolutely no effort put forth in actually reading it? Don't strain your eyes. Use your ears. You do that anyways when you watch TV. It's like TV, but you get to watch the world in real life as your book happens. Get Audible today at www.audibletrial.com slash screenfellas. That's www.audibletrial.com slash screenfellas. All right. Now we're going to let Noah take over because oh, Noah saw a do lot. I have to take over? I mean, you don't have to take over. I can ask you about these. I can ask please you questions do. if yeah. you please. Um, all right. But before we get started with Noah and... Uh, his film festival adventures. Brianna had to dip out, so thank you again to Brianna for being on, and thank you for arguing with us because that's always fun. That's one again. That's what I've always said about Brianna is she never she never just lets things go. So if I say something that is questionable or let's be honest, dumb, she's going to challenge me on it, and that's what I love about Brianna. And again, thank you for being on, Brianna. And uh, hopefully, we don't have to wait so long to get you back on again. All right, now let's jump into this film festival. What movie do you want to start with, Noah? Um, okay, well, I, the first movie I saw was uh, Suspiria, which isn't a part of the film festival. It was just in a mm-hmm. um, exclusive, well, not like a limited uh, release in the area. When I went to the Virginia Film Festival. Mm-hmm. You guys can see I have I got a beanie from it. It says <laughs> V-A-F-F. That's pretty fun. <laughs> um, have you guys been to that? Um, no, we have not been. 
Okay. All right. Well, um, I was going to see at Eternity's Gate, but I got the wrong address, <laughs> and it was the same Tragic. distance away from here that Charlottesville is, <laughs> but it was also an hour away from Charlottesville, so <laughs> I ended up being an hour late to that movie. Yikes. Um, so I hung out, went and saw Suspiria, mm-hmm. and I hated it. <laughs> um, I was very Yikes. disappointed. Uh, I just... I love the original. The original is um, just so... It's so immediate when mm-hmm. you watch it. You get something out of it in, like, every frame. Like, you can look at just one frame, and you're like, wow, that's really cool lighting. That's really cool set mm-hmm. design. That's really cool, uh, really stylish editing and cinematography. Um, with this movie, it's way more reserved. Uh, the way that they structure it is kind of neat. It's mm-hmm. They give you the title card. They say Suspiria, and then they say... I think it's directed by Lupe Guadagnino, who did Call Me By Your Name, and it says Lupe Guadagnino presents or something like that. Oh, is the Call Me By Your Name director? Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, Yeah, I know. Um, Presents uh, six acts and an epilogue, so you know it's like it's structured, you know, Mm -hmm. with six acts, and five out of the six acts are pretty good, I think. Um, (laughs) There's one that ruins it that bad? You... I, I feel like you would need to see it okay. because I cannot do it any justice how <laughs> much of a U-turn this movie does. <laughs> I was I was vibing with it for a bit. It's very, um, it's mostly in German mm-hmm. and a uh, little bit of French and the only native English speaker is the main character played by Dakota Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, she does a great job, I think. Oh, that's what know. I was going to ask because yeah. I want so bad to be a Dakota Johnson truther. <laughs> yeah, no, she's she's pretty good. Um, and Tilda Swin is the uh, dance academy instructor. I should get it. Suspiria. The premise of Suspiria mm-hmm. is uh, it's a ballet company that is secretly run by witches. Oh, um, which now I want to watch the original. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got no, my attention. Yeah, no, it's it's a pretty neat uh, a pitch. Um, but you know, the original is so much more than just that pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 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 set i believe it's set you know uh 1960s and that sort of plays in like there's a character whose um wife uh she disappeared or she died during um during nazi germany i'm not sure exactly mm-hmm. how i don't i don't quite remember um but yeah, so that that's sort of the setting that's different than the original. It takes a lot more from the atmosphere mm-hmm. and, and its setting than the original does. Uh, the best way I could describe this movie is it's like um, it's like a prime cut of meat. It's like a really nice like sirloin, like filet mignon or something like that. But it's like rotting, <laughs> and it's also being presented to you on just like a fine piece of china, <laughs> and it's like. Like the presentation, great. It's got very nice uh, editing, mm-hmm. and um, the cinematography is really interesting. It's all very uh, Italian, and, and does a good throwback to Italian cinema. There's a lot of zooms. Mm-hmm. Zooms are great. I love zooms. Um, <laughs> and uh, you'll love the yeah. zoom I talked about in Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, and so that that presentation is great, mm-hmm. but just in the end, it's just. For me, it's unpalatable. Like yeah. I can't, I could not, like I couldn't digest it. Um, I just, I if if you gave it to me, I'd probably spit it out. So, <laughs> is there anything? Sp- so, what is it that makes this one so much worse or different than the original? Yeah. It's it's definitely different. Um, I wasn't expecting it to be like like a straight yeah. up remake. 
um, it's kind of like what I didn't like was, uh, or what I didn't respond to, I should say. Mm-hmm. It's not that it wasn't a uh, good quality because I feel it's more, I was trying to think of, of films to compare it to or if you like these films, mm-hmm. you would like this movie. If you like um, really depraved sort of gross uh, sort of um, body horror stuff mm. like that like where you know if if that's something that like that really like kind of scratches some sort of itch for you <laughs> i would recommend this movie i think that would be you know um good i'm trying to think of an example yeah. um human centipede yeah i, I was kind of <laughs> dancing around that it's better than human centipede there's more to it than human centipede um so that's what i didn't like i um <laughs> Yeah, there's just a lot of like kind of gross imagery and stuff that's just interesting. Yeah. And hearing the director makes me really disappointed now. Yeah, I know. It's it's insane to me that it was the same director. Um, um Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. I, I, I like that, see the pitch like makes that that sounds awesome. Yeah, no, it's really but then amazing. like <laughs> what you just described makes you go, mm-hmm. that does not sound like my kind of movie. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. I mean, I um, got through it. Yeah. Um, the stuff that's like kind of gross and just I didn't really respond to mm-hmm. was that's the sixth act. Um, yeah. And the sixth act is. They're going for something. <laughs> I don't think they hit it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Fair enough. I think if they were trying to do what might have been accepted, they use the, the effects that they use, they use in a way that might have been, you know, if you did it in the 70s mm-hmm. with the effects available, I would see it. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's, it's, it's too new. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they use uh, blood effects through, through computer-generated uh. computer blood effects intentionally bad i want to say because it looks really bad and i just i feel like it was intentional but <laughs> you'll have to see it yeah um, i'm still gonna probably check it out because like yeah. i said i want to be a dakota johnson truther so yeah no she's good <laughs> um do, do you want to rate this movie or are you under protest as well uh no i'll rate it um all right fair enough fair enough all right all right. Um, so the other three movies, other two, the other two movies, yes. um, those you saw at the actual festival, correct? At the actual festival. Yes. Awesome. So which one is first? Uh, the first one was "They'll Love Me When I'm Dead." Uh, I saw that the other day. It was, it was good. It's a documentary. It's it, it's an interesting premise to try to explain because it's a documentary about Orson Welles, mm-hmm. um, and the documentary is about Orson Welles making one of his famous unfinished films uh, mm-hmm. the other side of the wind okay and the premise of the other side of the wind was never quite clear orson wells was always changing it around he's kind of going with whatever um but the basis the sort of pitch that he had was half of that movie is a documentary about a filmmaker trying to make the movie that is the other half of that movie so mm-hmm. it would cut between a young filmmaker who's essentially an Orson Welles surrogate uh, trying to make a movie, and then it would then cut to the movie that he's making. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of neat to, to, to describe that. Um, I don't, yeah, yeah, it's a good documentary. I would yeah. definitely recommend it. And it is available on Netflix now. It is? Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. 
I oh, yeah. No, go watch it. They right must now. have just added it on Netflix. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, there this we go. Netflix original documentary. There it's we really go. Um, it. I mean, Orson Welles is an endlessly fascinating uh, oh, yeah. person yeah. in the history of film. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, recommendation before we get to recommendations. Um, the podcast called The Cinephiles with um, one of Enrique's favorite people, um, John Rocha, and um, uh, Steve Morris. They basically what they do on their podcast is every episode they will discuss a discuss very in depth a classic or a great film, what they deem a great film. And what they did um, a couple of months ago, I want to say it was earlier this year, they did a month of Kane where wow. they. For, and they do release an episode every week. So there are four episodes just about Citizen Kane. Wow. And so for one of them, they went deep into Orson Welles, the person. For two of them, they went into Citizen Kane itself. And then I can't remember what the last one was. But it was it was a great uh, series on uh, their podcast. And I highly recommend that if you're at all interested in Orson Welles. It's, yeah. He's very fascinating. And they, they both uh, care a lot about Citizen Kane and about Orson Welles, so it's very passionate and um, in depth, and I, I really liked it. Yeah, it's it's interesting because Orson Welles is not like we all love him now, but he was a very <laughs> controversial figure. He was never really accepted by yeah. Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, they never really liked him. Yeah, he was just kind of like this guy going yeah. and making all this crazy stuff. You think I know uh, documentaries in terms of Oscars are kind of weird because we never get a good glimpse at any of them until they actually release the list and we're like, oh, yeah. okay, we should probably watch those. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> do you think this has a chance? I would say so, yeah. I would not be surprised. It's the only documentary that I heard about this year okay. that I was like, that sounds interesting. And well, I, I, I mean, the it. Mr. Rogers one is going to get oh, a lot yeah, of, uh, of push. but Of course, yeah. Um, I, I, I could see that beating this one out. but In I terms of, like, if it wins, yeah. 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 Um, um, this, yeah. but, uh, you know... The Academy does like movies about yeah. Hollywood, movies so about <laughs> exactly. So th- this uh, one yeah. probably has a good shot um, um, if it's good. So it's actually it's really cool because there's a part where Orson Welles says um, the part of the movie that he's <laughs> part of the other side of the <laughs> yeah, wind yeah. that ends up being the documentary uh-huh. could just be the whole movie. He's like, yeah, you know, we could just make a documentary about this whole movie and it would be fine. You know, it's like, I don't really <laughs> care. I could just throw the, the documentary about making an unreleased movie. That's and yeah, and, but, and then he says to like someone else, like his, um, like one of his, one of his friends, he's like, look, if something happens to me, can you promise that you'll finish the movie? Yeah. And he's like, oh, I, I, what, what are you talking about, Orson? Um, and then, at that point in the theater, I think we all kind of realized that this is it. <laughs> this is the other side of the wind. This is that movie. It is just a documentary about Orson Welles yeah. making a movie that is half documentary, half movie. <laughs> and you get to like, like, you get a bit of the movie. They show yeah. you clips from what would have been the other side of the wind. Mm-hmm. And you also get like, you know, a look into Orson Welles' life and his relationship with, you know, Hollywood and with, you know, just art in general and it's just like it's it's really neat to think about that Mm -hmm. like he this is what he would have wanted i think like he would have wanted there to be you know this 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 is it that's all that's all i can say this is it yeah this is the the movie awesome out of the wind awesome uh you want to rate this one um documentaries are weird to write i know yeah uh 7.5 all right sweet all right uh, what's the last one that we got? Last one I saw, not a new movie. Uh, Night of the Living Dead. 
What was that like Ooh. to see on the big screen? It was really fun to see on the big screen and with an audience, yeah. Enrique, um, I wish we had you on the mic, but I, w- I would just ask you, how did this movie end? Oh, wait, uh, you wouldn't know. <laughs> is it, oh, you've seen it? Uh, yeah, this is uh, one of those famous situations. This is actually, I think this was the instance that pushed me over the edge. Okay. Because uh, if anybody knows me, knows that I am a passionate, um, I'm passionately opposed to people who, um, I have a lot of P's there, I'm sorry, uh, passionately opposed to people who, not just people in general, but to people who have their phones out while I'm showing them a movie that they need to see. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I hate that so much. I'm it, in that group. Oh, it drives me absolutely insane. If my mom is listening, I'm calling you out. So you need to <laughs> stop doing that. <laughs> this this was the instance that pushed me over the edge because I was watching this with Enrique and I literally, five seconds after the movie end, had ended, I go, Enrique, what just happened? He could not answer the question. Why? Oh because he was gosh. on his phone the entire freaking time. Yeah. Um, they do, it's, it's like, it's, you know, if you weren't looking at the at the movie when it was happening, you probably wouldn't know what happened. Yeah, like, and exactly. Free, and free gays start writing your angry letters now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, t- t- tell us about your experience watching this on yeah, the big screen. It was it was really cool. It was the the Criterion restoration, so really good, awesome, nice, little bit grainy, but that's good. And also, yeah. it's in black and white, so it adds to the the whole experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also really neat because they have like a they have an introduction to the movie like a guy came out and he talked to us and he was like yeah, this, this is the deal with this movie and mm-hmm. you know the movie came out in the 1960s during the civil rights movement and it has a, a black uh, protagonist mm-hmm. so it's really cool to like look at it from that perspective yeah, definitely. Um, and George Romero's like come out and he's like no that's not, that's not what I was going for but I get it Mm-hmm. Um, Especially with how it ends, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, um, a quick, quick, sum- can we do a summary of the movie? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Um, it's, a, it's a brother and sister. They're, they go out to like a graveyard to put flowers on their dead father's grave. Uh, zombie wait, attacks wait, them. Wait, let me Sorry. do it. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was actually real good. Yeah, that was really good. I just good. watched Halloween 2 the other night on Halloween, so yeah, yeah. it's in nice. there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry. So, no, you're good. Uh, so yeah, a zombie attacks them. Uh, the brother falls down. She, the girl leaves him uh, and she goes (laughs) and she, yeah, uh, she gets away. She goes to like an abandoned house, hides in there. Uh, the protagonist, Ben shows up like, um, and then he kind of like takes charge and really like, you know, carries the movie and you know makes all these decisions they mm-hmm. run into and the white people are none too pleased yeah no it's it's, it's like i'm be trying to be serious no like... no you're absolutely right that was it was so funny yeah. to hear him just like because in a theater he would just like kind of go off on these people like this this he'd be really nice to this girl yeah. who just lost her brother and she's kind of still in shock and he's like you know protecting her but he just go off on this other guy who shows up who's like this greedy kind of mm-hmm. selfish Oh man, he's like telling him like what all the stupid things he's doing. Like you can't hide <laughs> in the cellar. What are you doing? It's, you're gonna get cornered. But I mean, he ends up hiding in the cellar anyways, so, <laughs> and, and that's how he survives. Yeah. Um, but so it's night of the living dead in the morning. He's the only one left alive, and he comes outside as the um, big spoiler alert. <laughs> the movie's don't over fifty years old. Yeah, it's over fifty years old. Yeah, that's, I, I hate that argument, but moving on. <laughs> yeah. Um, go stop this. Go watch it right now. Yeah, there you go. And then, yeah, okay. So he goes outside, and there's like a patrol of sort of law enforcement, and they're all looking for zombies. And uh, one of them says, "Hey, there's a there's a thing in that in that house," and they uh, shoot at him and they kill him in the house. And they're like, "All right, good shot, we got him." And they throw him on a pile and they burn the pile. 
And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. So don't you wish you finished that movie, Enrique? Oh, yeah. He's still on his phone. phone again. Still yeah. on his phone. Wow. Um, Yikes. So yeah, you can absolutely. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> How can you even call yourself a screen fellow? <laughs> um, so yeah, you can definitely interpret it through a through a civil rights mm. lens. You know this this um, this strong black guy. He's kind of like taking control of this uh, situation. He's being a leader. He's not taking anything from from any of these any of these white folks or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. It seems like it it's good. like from what I remember of the movie, it seems like it's really on the surface, which is why it's surprising to hear mm-hmm. Romero be so stark in the fact that like that's not the point. But yeah, yeah. especially it's, since he gets shot by police. Exactly. Like, like how it's yeah. I don't know. I don't buy it. I was like, you have to have done that on yeah. purpose. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Definitely have to put spoilers in the notes here, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um. Big spoilers. Yeah, big spoilers. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, man, I, I wish I could have seen that on the big screen, too, because yeah, that feels like it could be cool. Yeah. All right. Um, I guess we can just do recommendations and close this out from here. Um, I already kind of gave mine. I won't give another one because uh, people are probably tired of hearing me talk. So, uh, Matt, what about you? What do you got? Uh, well, I just finished episode three of uh, part two of Making a Murderer. I know I mentioned that last week. I haven't really been like able to just sit down and kind of walk like walk through it because um like going through something like American Vandal they're not all uh the same not all the episodes are the same length all of these episodes in making a murderer each over an hour so it's very hard to <laughs> just do other things and then watch this so I've been probably nailing one episode or one and a half episodes <laughs> like every like few days but I do have um, little interest to the rest of the football that's going on tonight, so <laughs> I will most likely be watching that. Um, yeah, making a murderer. Like I said last week, um, if you uh, want to watch a documentary that's very one-sided, it's it's still very one-sided in season two. <laughs> and <laughs> though I didn't I didn't know where they were going with it, uh, it's it's still interesting to me. It's still like. It's it's one of those things where it's like it is one sided, but like it makes sense that it's one sided mm-hmm. because of like how how the investigation how stuff like that plays out. Um, so yeah, awesome. Making a murderer. No, what do you got? Um, since we talked about Orson Welles, uh, Touch of Evil. Just not Citizen Kane. Touch of Evil. Um, <laughs> see Touch of Evil. Gotta I be honest. It, yeah, never seen it. That's no, fine. I know. No, I need to. I need to. I think it's on Netflix. There's. I believe you might be right. Like I need to double check. Man, is that but the one with the big, um, the the long yes, uh, yes. sequence in Which, the beginning? Yeah. The ironic part about all that is, uh, I have not seen the movie, but right now, in, that. I know what no, you, I know what you're right now, in one of my audio classes, we're going through that scene and replacing all of the audio from that scene. Oh, that's cool. Uh, it's <laughs> like with Foley and ADR, and um, it's. Uh, it's interesting because it's like, oh man, I want to see the rest of the movie. I need yeah. to just watch it. Yeah. But I just don't have any time because me. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it's good. Good recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, I do also want to just say because we talked about the Night of the Living Dead, and um, I will be putting in the notes of, of the description of the episode uh, that you know we're not talking spoilers anymore. So if you're back from the spoiler talk, um, Night of the Living Dead is available like on so many platforms, so yeah. it's very easy to find. Amazon Prime, the Roku channel, Stars. 
uh, Voodoo uh, with ads. Uh, Filmstruck, if you still have that RIP. Um, I'm sad about that. Can we do like an in memoriam or something? I know. Like <laughs> <laughs> I need to get like some uh, very sad music to play underneath this because uh, RIP Filmstruck. Just some mm-hmm. slow piano. Is yeah, fun. I know. <laughs> um, the sci fi <laughs> streaming, it's, it's everywhere. You can find this movie if you really want to watch yeah, it. It's actually, Enrique. It's, there's a funny story about it because it's like when it came out. They didn't put like the right copyright things in like the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. so it was legal for literally anyone to distribute it, <laughs> like or distribute it. Like they could just play it. It's why it's That's on hilarious. TV all the time, or yeah. why it was on TV all the time, because you just didn't have to. Yeah, I don't know exactly what the legal <laughs> requirements were, but you could just you could do whatever you want. It was like they did it for education. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. amazing. And they just kind of like they're like, okay, well, we won't make that mistake again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, uh, if you've seen a zombie movie or show, if you were a fan of The Walking Dead, you have this movie to thank for. Oh, shout out to Walking Dead. (laughs) There would be no zombies ever without this movie. Yes. I'm pretty confident (laughs) saying that. There we go. Real quick, for next week, I will report back. Uh, also, if you haven't seen Walking Dead recently or been caught up, stop listening now. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I don't care. Um, however... Um, okay, for those of you still listening, um, tonight is Rick's last episode. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I forgot that, that he was ending. I will, <laughs> I, will, uh, I will... What's happening? I will what? let you know next week how, uh, how much the ratings went down. <laughs> so, because as, as of last all week, right. it's still at an all-time low. All right. So, <laughs> see if people yeah. tune in. Yikes. That's what you get, AMC. Yeah, that that show took such a sharp turn, even just on this very podcast, it's like, such a sharp turn. I remember we had a okay. This is the last thing, and then we're closing it out because sorry. Like, right. nah, go ahead. No, yeah. um, like we had because Ozzy had been trying to convince me to watch this movie for a while, and we had a or this show for a while, yeah. and we had a press conference that we streamed live to Facebook, where I announced that I would finally start watching The Walking Dead. <laughs> 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 and in the press conference, I denounced Ozzy's methods of trying to get me to watch it and everything. Um, it was amazing. So th- th- that show has a special place in this podcast history <laughs> because, <Nice. laughs> because we're dumb and we just like having fun with it. So, um, And then, you know, after all of that, who was the first one that officially dropped the show? Ozzy. So, yeah, shout out. <laughs> shout out, Ozzy. All right. Now we can I watch that show since, like, the third season. It's yeah. crazy. Yikes. It's um, a good stopping point. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> all right. Um, Brianna, I think she's still Critique La Movie on Twitter and then Critique The Movie on Facebook. She's never streamlined it again. <laughs> she, she never was able to streamline it. So, um, But anyway, you can find her on, face, on Facebook in all those ways. I'm sure you can figure it out. And uh, Noah, where can people find you? At Noah underscore Rask on Twitter and at Brief underscore Intermission on Instagram. I haven't done a review in a really long time. So got got to streamline that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Matt, what okay. about you? Uh, let's stick with Twitter, at Total Surgeon. Um, keep the eye out for uh, Hot Take Tuesday. <laughs> it's always a classic. Hashtag Hot Take Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cheery456. Um, and you can follow us all over social media, all at Screenfellows, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the YouTube channel where Enrique actually has a new video out. We don't get to attack Enrique for this reason on this episode. He <laughs> yes. got attacked for other reasons. And ended on a good note. Good there job, go. Enrique. Shout out, Enrique. Go check that video out uh, because it's a ton of funny and it's actually really funny. So All check you that and out. Freak A's. Yep. 
Um, and then also the website, Chuck, should have a new review up pretty soon. Uh, he was asking all of us on Twitter earlier this weekend um, what he should watch on Netflix. And I gave him one, so we'll see if he gets that review up hopefully pretty soon. Um, I will post about it when he does. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Thank you guys for joining us. Make sure you like on everything, rate and review, subscribe, do all of that nonsense. Um, it helps us out a lot. And yeah, this is Screenfellows. <laughs> <laughs>